Hello, this is Pastor Corey Ehrman. You're listening to my podcast. I hope it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you through this teaching. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless. I want to speak to you tonight about creating an atmosphere of faith. You may be seated if you can, and, and it's not just about creating an atmosphere, atmosphere of faith in the service now, but it's about creating an atmosphere of faith in your life, in your home, because that's what it's going to take to see the breakthrough that you need. Mark chapter 2, I'm going to read from verse 1. This is from the Passion Translation. If you haven't got this one, I highly recommend to get the Passion Translation. It's a new translation that um, I like because it's very passionate. And um, they've completed the New Testament, Psalms, Proverbs, songs of, Song of Songs. And I think now they just had Isaiah and they're working on the other Old Testament books. But you can get it for your smart device. You can download it. It's called the TPT. If you use the Bible app, it's there. Or you can obviously get a hard copy. But Mark chapter 2, verse 1. Several days later, Jesus returned to Capernaum, and the news quickly spread that he was back in town. Now, why would the news spread? Because everywhere he went, something miraculous happened. Everywhere he went, people were saved, delivered, supernatural power of God touched people. Amen. And the teaching was so different because he did not teach or preach like the Pharisees are the doctors of the law because he, had, he preached and spoke with such authority. They always said, what manner of man is this? Soon there were so many people crowded inside the house to hear him that there was no more room, even outside the door. While Jesus was preaching the word of God. See, he was a preacher. Amen. He was a preacher. Hallelujah. Amen. He didn't just... Uh, Speaking Elizabethan English like some orator. I mean, he was a preacher of the Word of God. You know, he was a preacher. Amen. A preacher is one who publishes, proclaims the Word. So while Jesus was preaching the Word of God, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man. But when they realized that they could not even get near him because of the crowd, they went up on the top of the house and tore away the roof above Jesus' head. <laughs> and when they had broken through, they lowered the paralyzed man on a stretcher right down in front of him. Now, I want you to see that word, when they had broken through. How many of you need a breakthrough? It's going to take for you to do some crazy things, unusual things, radical things, acts of faith to see the breakthrough. See, a lot of people in this situation, they would show up, oh, looks like it's kind of going to be hard, and they would just turn away, you know. I mean, I've seen people, I'm, look, I've been doing this for a long time. I've done a lot of healing and miracle services. I've done healing crusades and different things. People will show up, and then they sit there about 50 minutes later, 30 minutes later. Well, it's been 30 minutes. When is he going to pray for people? And they leave. Sometimes on purpose, I kind of drag it out. Sorry. Because we need to create an atmosphere of faith. You know, I mean, Jesus, listen, when he was taken up into the clouds, he told his disciples, go and tarry in Jerusalem. They had to wait because that was on the 40th day. They had to wait 10 days. And, you know, 
Paul says in his epistles that there were, Jesus appeared to about 500 of the brethren after his resurrection. But on the day of Pentecost, after waiting, there was only 120 left. So 380 could not wait. They left. They were distracted. Wherever they went, they weren't focused because Jesus said, wait for the promise of the Father. In a few days from now, you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. But some people didn't wait. So there is a, there's, that, there's that, obviously we don't have to wait for the Holy Spirit now because he's already been poured out. But there is still that principle of pressing in and waiting on the Lord. Because it's not a, this is, we can't have this microwave Christianity. You know, this is a slow cooking Thanksgiving turkey. I mean, how long did it cook, take to, you can't just stick a turkey in the oven and expect it to be ready in 10 minutes. You got to cook that thing for a while. And you, you, you know, you got to get under the anointing and you got to cook. You got to cook in the fire of God to see some changes in your life. You know, you got to press in for the things of God. And these guys broke through the roof. But, be, but before they saw the supernatural breakthrough, they had to break through some circumstances. You know, you can't just turn away at the first sign of adversity. Amen. You got to stay with this thing. You got to have a stick to itiveness. You got to say, bless God, I'm, I'm pressing in and I'm going to get a hold of the things of God and I'm not taking no for an answer. And no matter what it takes, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what the conditions are, I am going to get a hold of God and I'm not going to turn back in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. These guys could have easily turned back. They faced an obstacle. They faced a circumstance that was contrary. And they could have easily given up. And they could have easily said, oh, looks like we can't get near him. These guys climb up on the top of the roof of a house. That's pretty dangerous. Somebody else's house. <laughs> oh, you know, it's trespassing. We probably shouldn't be doing this. Yet these guys, they did not care because they had a friend on the verge of death, whatever he was facing. And I mean, this, these guys were not going to give up. And it's not even for them. It's for somebody else. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. That's the true test of love. When you're even pressing in for somebody else. When you don't even need the miracle, but you're pressing in for somebody else. That really gets God's attention. I'm telling you right now. So they, when they had broken through, they lowered the paralyzed man on a stretcher right down in front of him. <laughs> How many of you think that would get Jesus' attention? He's preaching the word of God in this crowded house where people are packed in, and he's preaching. As he's preaching, the roof tears open, and then this guy's being lowered down in front of him on this, on this makeshift elevator. <laughs> That's a sight. That's pretty wild. <laughs> when Jesus saw the extent of their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, my son, 
your sins are now forgiven, which is something very interesting because that's not what you would expect him to say. This offended some of the religious scholars who were present. So there were some religious people in the crowd that he was probably trying to run off. And they reasoned among themselves, who does he think he is to speak this way? This is blasphemy for sure. Only God himself can forgive sins. Jesus supernaturally perceived their thoughts and said to them, why are you being so skeptical? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are now forgiven or stand up and walk. But to convince you that the son of man has been given authority to forgive sins, I say to this man, stand up, pick up your stretcher and walk home immediately the man sprang to his feet in front of everyone and left for home when the crowds witnessed this miracle they were awestruck and they shouted praises to god and said we have never seen anything like this before i've never seen anything like this before i was preaching in abuja nigeria and had a, a miracle happen and there was a a bishop sitting in the front row is a kind of a religious man and he stood up and goes, I have never seen anything like this before. <laughs> you know, when you can get a bishop to stand up and go, Ooh, I have never seen anything like this before. You got somebody's attention. Then he says, you come preach at my conference. And he was having his minister's conference on Friday night. I said, look, I'm, I'm doing meetings here Friday night. He says, don't worry. What time you finish? About probably 11 p.m. No, don't worry. You come at midnight. We wait for you. I got on the platform at 1, in, one o'clock in the morning, preached till 3 a.m., 4,000 people. Miracles started to pop like popcorn because you can't lay hands on everybody. So I just prayed a gentle prayer. It, it was like a wind blew pss, and knocked people. The whole area was full of people, about three, 400 people that answered an altar call, and they all fell on top of each other like dominoes and no catchers, nothing. And then I left about 3 a.m. to catch a uh, 4.30 or 5 a.m. flight out of Nigeria back to Turkey. And I said, how am I going to get through? He says, don't worry. We know the people. So I got there, and they just took my suitcase. They were trying to touch my suitcase. They said, don't touch the reverend's suitcase. I said, okay. They took me. So you come this way, and then I went right through. And then I don't even think they checked my password or nothing. It was pretty wild. I mean, you know, so it's pretty wild stuff out there. And, and people do that. But, you know, that, that got people's attention. Ooh, we've never seen anything like this before. I haven't been to a meeting yet where they tore up the roof. <laughs> Hallelujah. I've seen meetings where people were trying to come in the door, pushing each other, trying to get in. You know. Man, we need to start seeing that stuff here in America. I think we're getting there because people are starting to get pretty desperate the way things are going. Shake America, Lord. Pretty wild stuff. He saw the extent of their faith. How far are you willing to go to see your breakthrough? Hmm? What is the enemy going to have to do? Or, or how little can the enemy do, do to get you to back off? Hmm? For some people, it's very little. You cannot allow these things to stop you. You've got to keep breaking through. You've got to be determined to see a breakthrough. Part of faith is, is a fight. See, a lot of times it's not a lack of faith. It's a lack of fight. Bible talks about fighting the good fight of faith. You're going to have to fight through by faith. 
you know, anybody can believe for a little while. You know, you, you can come into a service like this. You get, you know, stirred up. Your faith is encouraged. And then you go, praise God. But next day or the day after when stuff is kind of contrary, that's when you really have to stay in faith and fight. Fight through. It's the fight of faith. Amen. So you've got to be determined to see the breakthrough. And we've got to create an atmosphere of faith. And, and look at this. I mean, this was offensive to religious people. Your sins are forgiven. Well, why is he saying that? Well, first of all, where does sickness, disease come from? It comes from the root of sin. It's not of God. It came into existence because of sin. Before there was sin, there was no sickness or disease. It's a part of the curse. It's a part of the curse that came as a result of sin. Death came as a result of sin. Because of one man's sin, Bible says, death reigned over all. That's Adam. But because of one man's righteousness, that's Jesus Christ, now life is made available. And all those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall rule and reign in this life through the one man, Jesus Christ. What does that mean? Now our dominion over sickness and disease has been restored. That's why Jesus said, in my name, go lay hands on the sick. He didn't say go pray for the sick. He said go lay hands on the sick and they shall be healed. What is that? That's authority. It's not praying long religious prayers. It's speaking with authority. In the name of Jesus, I command the sickness and disease to go from you now. And as you lay hands on them, that's a point of contact for the anointing to be transferred. And then it's the Holy Ghost that shows up to confirm the word with signs following. And one of the signs is the miracle manifesting. Sickness and disease being removed from your body. And you being restored back to health. Amen. So your, sons are, your sins are forgiven. Son, your sins. Oh, who does he think he is? Because, the, the, because sickness and disease gets his power from sin. But if we've been redeemed from the curse that came as a result of sin, then of course we're redeemed from sickness and disease. Sickness and disease has no power over a believer's life. We have authority over it. It does not belong in your body. It is not of God. God doesn't give sickness and disease to teach you a lesson. It's, it's, a religious, it's religious garbage. It's not even in the Bible. Amen. The Bible says that by his stripes, we were healed. Jesus took our sicknesses. He took our infirmities. He took our diseases. On the cross, he took the curse. Why would he do all of that? as well as taking our sins upon his body. And in the same context of that verse, 1 Peter 2, 24, he bore our sins on, our, on his body so that by his stripes you were healed. Why? Because sickness and disease gets his power from sin. And if the curse of sin is removed, life is provided and then comes with healing and miracles with that package. Hallelujah. So he says, which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or take up your bed and walk? Your sins are forgiven. Our sins being forgiven is the hardest, hardest thing. It's the greatest miracle is the new birth. So if he has, through his son, given us the gift of life, will he not with him freely give us all things? All things, including your healing. Amen. So you got to press through things. And I mean, there's sometimes, I mean, hey, there's sometimes I pray for people and it's like an instant miracle. 
Other times I'll pray for people. Remember, there was a guy that Jesus prayed for who was blind. He prayed for him the first time or, you know, laid hands on him. He says, you see, because well, I, I kind of see barely, like people look like trees or whatever. Okay, then he prayed for him, laid hands on him a second time. You know, sometimes it's an instant manifestation. Sometimes it's a progressive manifestation. Now, I don't exactly understand why. Amen. But sometimes it's, it is a lack of faith. I mean, it's not like I, I, I'm not condemning people, but you do have to build your faith up. And some things you got to fight through is what I'm saying. You know, there's some things you got to fight through. You know why? Because our faith gets challenged. Because we've got to create an atmosphere of faith in our lives. My number one goal in the church is to create an atmosphere of faith. My number one goal here is to raise everyone's faith level up. You'll never hear me speak against anyone's faith. And people will come to me sometimes with crazy ideas. And it seems kind of crazy. And maybe I'm thinking, hmm, this person may be a little bit far out there. But I will never hinder anyone's faith. If you want to believe for that, go for it. Go for it. Because, I mean, unless I hear from the Lord and it's something really, really flaky, I won't really challenge it. I'll just say, Praise God, believe for it. You know, because I'm not going to hinder anybody's faith. I'm not going to be the one to stand in people's, people's way, you know. I'm not going to be the roadblock. I'm, my job here is to encourage people's faith. My job is, here is to get you to believe for all that God wants you to believe in and have and receive all that God wants you to have and receive. Because if I don't do that, then I'm not doing my job. So, my God, believe. Believe. Believe the impossible. B- believe the crazy thing. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. So believe, think big, believe big, ask big. I, I, I believe every single person in this, in this room right now can be a millionaire. Absolutely. Why not? Why not? Why not? I believe every single person in this room raised somebody from the dead. Why not? Why can't you? Absolutely. Why not? Why not? If it's in the Bible, you can have it. Why, why would I be the one to tell you you can't have it? Why, why would I be the one? Oh, no, you know, you're not ready. Oh, really? Well, when are you going to be ready? My job is here to get you ready. So if you're not ready, then it's my fault. So I'm not going to hinder your faith. Amen. I'm going to challenge your faith. I'm going to encourage your faith. Is this helping anybody here tonight? But you've got to create an atmosphere of faith in your life, in your home. And the problem a lot of times are the voices that come. The Bible says there are many voices. Mm. My God, there are so many voices. There are so many voices. Hallelujah. And some of those voices are very annoying. Go with me to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, verse 35. Again, I'm reading from the Passion Translation. This is, you know, Jairus that came and found Jesus in the crowd and told him that his daughter is lying sick at home. And as he was on his way, this woman grabs him with the issue of blood and then takes her miracle. But after the miracle takes place, now verse 35, and before he had finished speaking, people arrived from Jairus' house and pushed through the crowd to give Jairus the news. So there'll be some people pushing through the crowd for a miracle. There'll be other people pushing through the crowd to give you bad news. There's always people pushing through the crowd. 
Some are pushing through for a miracle. Others are pushing through to rob you of your miracle. There's no need to trouble the master any longer. Your, your daughter has died. You see, they, they want to write her off. Jairus, forget it. It's over. Right after a woman pushes through the crowd to get a miracle, these other people are pushing through the crowd to steal a miracle. Better be careful who's pushing the, through the crowd around you. There's no need. But Jesus, look at this. I love this. Jesus refused to listen to what they were told. You need to refuse to listen to those that come around you to steal your faith, to steal the miracle. Jesus refused to listen to what they were told and said to the Jewish official, do not yield to fear. That's the purpose of these other voices that will push through the crowd to get to you. Have you ever noticed, like, right, when you need a miracle, people you haven't even seen in 10 years show up out of nowhere to, 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 to try to tell you you're crazy? Has that ever happened to anybody? Or is it just me? <laughs> My Lord, where do they come from? They come, out, they come out of the bushes. They come out of nowhere oh, to tell you it's impossible. It's like, what right do you even have to speak into my life? I haven't seen you in 10 years. Amen. When we were coming here from Turkey, you know, people started to find out that we were coming here to start a church. I had people I hadn't even spoken to in years write me saying, you're crazy. What are you doing? No, I'm serious. Pastors writing me messages on Facebook. I heard you're going to Turkey. Did you give up? I heard you're leaving Turkey to go to, uh, go to America. Did you give up on Turkey? I, did you do this? Did you, what are you, what's going to happen to your church? One, one guy said, your church will die out without you. I said, no. If after 19 years my church dies out without me, then I should just resign the ministry. Are you kidding me? We've had 500 people come, come through our Bible school. I would have raised somebody up by now. The problem is people push their own fears on you. Because if that guy left, it would all be done. Because he hasn't done anything to raise anybody up. If anything, all we've done is mentor people and raise them up. Working myself out of a job. Amen. And it's going strong. We're going there next week. Still hundreds of people. Still Bible school going. Bible school's growing. I mean, you know. Hasn't skipped a beat. You know why? Because we imparted it into people that they're multiplying themselves. Because we operate on the principle of multiplication. I don't make people dependent on me. Man of faith and power. Everything revolves around me. No. I want people to be raised up and do, to do what God's called them to do. And that's why Jesus, Jesus came. Three and a half years of ministry. I'm out of here. What? No, don't leave. Yes, it's better for you that I leave. No, how could that be? Trust me. It is better for you that I leave. No, don't leave. <laughs> three, three and a half years. The greatest ministry in the history of the world. 
The greatest ministry on the planet was only lasted three and a half years. And it's still, after 2,000 years, shaking nations. He didn't have people kiss the ring. He wasn't going to say, don't touch me. He said, who touched me? Hallelujah. So don't yield to fear. All you need to do is keep on believing. Keep on believing. See, he didn't just say believe once. Keep on believing. Because now Jairus' faith is being challenged. He came to Jesus, found him, who knows, about, a, about an hour ago. And now all this commotion is broken out. A woman snuck in there, snuck, you know, grabbed her miracle. Now he's distracted and Jairus is just kind of watching. You know, and now they come and tell him, don't even bother anymore. Keep on believing. So they left for his home, but Jesus did not allow anyone to go with them except Peter and the two brothers, Jacob and John. Why? Because it was a fragile situation. You understand me? The guy is already kind of on shaky ground. And he, he needs people who, who have faith to come with him. Do you understand me? When they arrived at the home of the synagogue ruler, they encountered... You'll have different encounters as well. They encountered a noisy uproar among the people, for they were all weeping and wailing. Now, if you haven't lived in the Middle East, you may not understand that. If you ever see a Middle Eastern funeral, people will be like, ah, 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 tearing their clothes. I mean, just crazy. And even you pay people to come and mourn in the house. Professional mourners will come and, <laughs> my, my two Middle Eastern friends wave, is this true? Yes, yeah, from Iran and Turkey, yeah, they, they know what I'm talking about. You should see the, you should see the people, I mean, ah, they beat themselves. They throw themselves on the, on the ground. It's a sight. It's a sight. <laughs> it is definitely a sight to see. <laughs> they were all weeping and wailing. Upon entering the home, Jesus said to them, why all this grief and weeping? Don't you know the girl is not dead, but merely asleep? Then everyone began to ridicule and make fun of him. But he threw them all outside. <laughs> Get out! I mean, listen, I'm just going to pose a question. Please don't get offended. But if Jesus was to walk in here tonight... And he wanted to work a miracle. Would he look at you and say, all right, I got you. Stay with me. Or would he look at you and say, um, I'm sorry. Uh, would you please uh, leave? <laughs> I want to be the one. He'll say, stay with me right here. I want to be the one. Don't you want to be the one? He'll say, he want to keep. Because you're, you're believing. You're pressing in. Amen. You're expecting. <laughs> he threw them all outside. 
Then he took the child's father and mother and his three disciples and went into the room where the girl was lying. He tenderly clasped the child's hand in his and said to her in Aramaic, Talitha Kumi, which means, little girl, wake up. Wake up. That's what it means, wake up. Rise up from the sleep of death. Instantly, the 12-year-old girl sat up. Isn't it interesting? One had an issue of blood for 12 years, and this is a 12-year-old girl. Instantly, the 12-year-old girl sat up, stood to her feet, and started walking around the room. Everyone was overcome with astonishment in seeing this miracle. <sighs> Jesus had them bring her something to eat. And he repeatedly cautioned them that they were to tell no one about what had happened. That's very interesting. You know why? Because there were so many people rid ridiculing and mocking. They'll always find something to explain away. A miracle. You've got to create an atmosphere of faith in your life, in your home, in your family. And we've got to create an atmosphere of faith in the church. Many churches, they don't even believe. They'll actually fight the supernatural. They'll attack the supernatural. When you talk about miracles, they'll mock you. I've been, I, I've been mocked. I'm still mocked. They're mocking me. Oh, he's coming to Turkey. He's doing this Eurasian camp meeting, and he's, he's, he's declaring a seasonal overflow. Who does he think he is? Who are you going to go by, that, those people, or are you going to go by the people that are showing up? Yes, I'm pressing in for my seasonal overflow. You focus on those that are coming ready to receive. You can't go by what people say. You've got to shut out the voices. Sometimes you have to literally throw some people out of your house. Or out of your life. Because they just keep, I mean, if you can't obviously throw them out of your life, at least, you know, love them from a distance. I mean, there are some people in my family I love from a distance. I love you just from a distance. Because they just, every time they come around, it's like, oh my God, you know. You sit with them for, my, for, for, for an hour, it's like, I feel like you have to go take a bath. It's sad. Some people will just come around. It's so negative. Oh, my Lord, some Christians are so negative. They can look through a keyhole with both eyes. So narrow-minded, so negative. They don't allow them to get in your car. Your battery will go dead. I mean, it's like people come. They start dumping their rubbish. Say, hey, see my ears? Does this look like... A trash can right here. Don't, don't dump your trash in here. You have to protect yourself, especially when you believe in God for some big things, especially when you believe in God for a breakthrough. You've got to protect yourself. Even the church you go to will make all the difference whether you die or live. I'm telling you right now. Don't think any church will do it. Some churches you go, you, it's, like, it's like a death sentence on you. It's like a death sentence on you. Yeah, I've heard people, I've prayed for people in my meetings. The Lord healed them. They went back to their church wherever they came from, and the pastor told them they were not healed. It took, them, it took them right out of their miracle. 
took him right. Who told you? And then they know, you know what? Sometimes, you know, God just wants you to suffer. He's trying to keep you humble and teach you a lesson. The saddest thing when you're dealing with that. So you've got to create this atmosphere of faith in your home. Create an atmosphere of faith. How do you do that? Number one, you've got to shut out voices. Maybe stay away from certain people. And then don't speak negative. Speak faith in your home. Speak the word. Come in agreement together. Husband and wife, speak the word. Speak the word. Speak the word over your children. Write scriptures on the wall. Confess. Write down the, the things that God has promised you. Write down the things that are burning in your spirit about the vision and the dreams and the goals that God has given you. Write them down. Make them plain upon paper. Even though the vision may tarry, it, it will surely come to pass. It is for an appointed time. Speak the vision that the Lord has placed in your heart. Speak it over your family. Amen. Hallelujah. When the Lord spoke to us about coming to West Palm Beach, I made a list of 12 things for a year. We confess those 12 things. Ten of them have come to pass, are, are about to come to pass. There's two more. I mean, it, within a year and a half. Within a year and a half. Why? Because I started applying my faith. I started speaking in faith. Hallelujah. And I had people come to tell me, it's crazy. You're going to go fail. What are you doing to your family? Oh, what are you going to live? What are you going to do? All that kind of stuff. We arrived with seven suitcases. No house, no car. You know, so no building. It's a rental. I rented this place. I found it on Craigslist. Called a pastor from Turkey on the phone and rented this place for three nights. He, they were advertising on Craigslist. Who advertises on Craigslist? Who advertises a church rental on Craigslist. <laughs> and they had three, three nights available. I said, he says, which one do you want? I said, I'll take all three. He goes, what? He said, I'll take all three. I need, I need as much time as I, I can get. I, I can't take one night. This is a slow boat to China. I'm going to smack it up the side of the head, swing it everywhere. <laughs> Swing the bat every which way but loose, man. We're coming to have Holy Ghost revival. Don't even have a congregation showing up in a city. Nobody knows you. In a building you haven't even seen, except it always looks better on, on the Internet. You know, the pictures always look better online. <laughs> show up first. No congregation. Show up, you know. Make it, it's all by faith. You do, and then we did a, uh, a, a, a volunteers meeting. Doreen and Orlando showed up. <laughs> Here comes Doreen walking in the door. First person walk in the door. She was on time. <laughs> Walks in the door. Me and Pastor Rose are here. And then Pastor Brock had come from, from Tampa. We're going to have a volunteers meeting. Made a lot of phone calls to people, different area. And then uh, I think it was 25 people said they were going to come, and, and two people showed up. So that's, that's a pretty good, you know, it's about a, it's about a good number. <laughs> Here comes Doreen. Hi, Pastor Corey. Hi, Pastor Rose. How do you know us? We, I watched you on the Internet, on YouTube. 
And she said, would you lay hands on me? We laid hands on her. She was filled with joy. So I said, honey, we got two members. I mean, can you, can you believe this? You know, because the usual thing to do, you, you start a Bible study in your house. You may get 10 people in a year. Yeah, please. Oh, my God. That's like, that's like prison to me. They call it cell group. It's like a prison cell, more like a prison cell. No, man, I'm going to come smack this thing. Are you kidding me? Let's test this thing out. Is it, if it's the Lord, it's the Lord. I'm not making it happen. The Lord has to make it happen. Every single day I showed up here, I lifted up my hands. I said, Lord, unless the Lord build the house, they labor in vain who build it. So I said, you sent us here, Lord. You spoke to me in a dream. Hallelujah. So you're going to have to build this thing. I'm just showing up, having a good time. Amen. And, you know, and if you listen to all the things they tell you in the church growth seminars, I did every opposite of every single one of them. Then I found out a year and a half into this thing that if you don't reach critical mass of 200 people in a year, you fail. I didn't know there was a critical mass. 200 people, you know, whatever. So faith is a whole different level of operation. The problem is that people operate out of the mind, the realm of the, the intellect. That's why you, you look at everybody, they all look the same. You copy one another. They all look the same out there now. It's a whole new way of doing church now in America, and it's all the same. Shouldn't even be wearing a suit. At least I lost the tie, a little too tight, but you know, I should be wearing skinny ripped jeans. With a, I should be all buffed, you know, and then T-shirt, whatever. I mean, you know, it's like... Shouldn't be walking up and down, you know. I'm talking to the lighting guy. He does lighting for churches. So he tells me, and I'm telling the lighting plan, and I need, he was puzzled. Because he's just going to light this area. I said, bro, are you, are you going to light everything? Because you're going to need a lot of lights. I said, yes, because I'll walk around. I said, i got to have the same lighting here as I do there. You know, you can't just put a two spotlights on me there. I, you gotta, we're going to light the whole thing. I'm going to walk he said, that's a lot of area. You're going to need like 20, 20, 25 lights. I said, yes. It's going to cost you. I said, well, yeah, that's the kind of ministry I do. <laughs> I walk around. I don't just get stuck behind there, you know. And he was like, oh, I, you're a different church. <laughs> I said, yes. I said, we run around. What? Yeah. I said, our camera people really have a hard time keeping up with me. You know? <laughs> Hallelujah. Faith is a different, le different level. It's a different realm. You have to fight through certain things. You have to believe God. You have to create an atmosphere of faith in your home. Hallelujah. You got to get in the word. I mean, you got to get immersed in the word. Hallelujah. You got to get baptized in the word. Hallelujah. Baptized. Baptized in the name of the Son. Well, it's not just baptized in the name of the Son. Baptized into the word. 
immersed into the word is really what it is. Just like you get baptized in water, you got to get baptized in the word, soaked in the word. You got to get baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire, get soaked in the Holy Ghost and fire. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the breakthrough, the breakthrough, the breakthrough. <laughs> The breakthrough, the breakthrough. <laughs> the, 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 break, the breakthrough. <laughs> the break, the breakthrough, the break, the sakatala. <laughs> the breakthrough is yours. It's, it's yours for the taking. Don't let anybody stop you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo. hallelujah are you willing to tear through a roof in somebody else's house to get your miracle i mean that's you know thank god they didn't sue people back in those days do you have liability insurance for that they're gonna sue you my lord What do you have to do? Well, it's going to be unusual. It's going to have to be out of the ordinary. If you're like everybody else, you're going to have what everybody else has. If you do what everybody else is doing, you're going to have what everybody else has. You want something different, something out of the ordinary, you're going to have to press in. You're going to have to press in. And you're going to have to listen to the Holy Ghost and the word of God instead of listening to other people. So, thank you, Jesus. 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 Miracles, signs, wonders, the supernatural. It's all for the taking. The breakthrough is yours. The breakthrough is yours. You got to believe for it. You got to believe for it. You got to take it. Ever since the gospel has been preached, the kingdom of God has suffered violence, and that word means opposition. There's always opposition, but the violent take it by force. That means whatever the opposition is coming at you, you got to take it. You got to take it by force. You got to take it by the force of faith. It's going to take the force of faith to overcome the force of fear. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. I hope that you have been blessed. I would like for you to consider two things. Number one, subscribe to our show to receive notifications of our new podcasts. Number two, support our ministry of reaching the nations with revival by clicking on the link in the description or visiting our website, riverwpb.com. Thank you for tuning in. Look forward to you joining our next podcast. God bless you.